It's true that music is a universal language and something that can change the world. You'll hear from Sandy Taylor how her organization, A Child Song, is unleashing the power of music to provide developmental, healing, and social-emotional programs that are changing lives young and old. On the count of one, two, three, four, live from one of her classes, let's roll with this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and as an amateur musician and a music dork, I am so excited to share a conversation with Sandy Taylor, founder and executive director of A Child Song, an organization that changes lives through music. Sandy and her husband, Charles, founded A Child Song in 1999 because they saw in their community a need for excellent musical training combined with evidence-based music programs designed to support youth who learn differently. Sandy has more than 30 years of experience teaching piano, and she has taught early childhood for more than 16 years. A Child Song believes passionately in the power of music to change lives of all youth, enrich their education, and change the way they engage with the world, and that all children, regardless of their ability to pay, should have the opportunity for music exploration. She and her husband were licensed foster parents and fostered more than 35 children, 35. And they are the proud parents of eight adopted children ranging in age from five to 30 and grandparents to six grandsons. I cannot wait to get into all of this. Sandy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, being able to uh, share and learn what we're doing. Well, speaking of that, let's, why don't you introduce us to a child song and your mission and how you would describe the organization to somebody who doesn't know anything about it. Right. So um, we were established um, almost 25 years ago because the initial reasoning was because we saw firsthand the difference it was making to our children um, and foster children. We did all the therapies and um, really they're, they're all wonderful. But music was really incredible, and we just felt like everybody needs to have this opportunity. And not just as little children, but also as we age, we've got to keep our brains mobile, agile, and music is a conduit for that. So, and my stats have changed slightly. We now have nine grandchildren. Nine? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so it keeps growing. We now have a girl in the mix with all Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> that's terrific. So tell us a little bit about the children that A Child Song serves. We serve a wide range, very um, a lot of neurotypical children um, who just come for um, the brain, you know, for the experience, the yeah. fun, and then and then the value that it, it has for the kids as they're learning. But increasingly, we have seen more and more uh, children who are not typical, who learn differently. We see the whole spectrum of autism and ADD, ADHD, um, Downs, all, I mean, we see it all. We've got a couple of deaf kiddos, we've got blind children, they're all here. And so in-house, we have, I'd say about 150 children 
um, for music classes. I mean, start at birth. And then when they're about four, we plug them into um, classes like keyboard is a very early one at age four Mm -hmm. um, groups where they can learn. And sometimes the children are mainstreamed in with class and sometimes they're separated out to get individual attention. In addition to what we do in-house with all the instruments, except for brass, mm-hmm. which is loud. <laughs> we do drums, and they're loud, but we yeah. do drums because they're, they're really fun and, and very educational. But in addition to that, our outreach program has really increased in the last few years. Um, we serve over a 1,000 children per month. Wow, a 1,000 per month. Because we're going into schools and into preschools and augmenting what they're doing. We're in the community. We're doing a um, a program called um, North Glen Alliance where the parents are getting ESL classes. And while the parents get the ESL, the kiddos are getting music. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, music, you know, transcends all the boundaries and, and that works great. It does indeed. And you've been at this for a minute now. You've taught piano for a long time. You've been in early childhood education space for a long time. I'd love for you to dig a little deeper with me and really talk about the benefits and the effects of early exposure with children to music, because it's, to me, it's one of the most heartbreaking things that, you know, in schools, what's the first thing that gets cut? Rant, arts and music, which is just, it's just heartbreaking. So if you would, you know, talk to us a little bit about all the positives that come from this kind of study. So um, being in a group situation, Um, is very valuable because I was just talking to a grandma out there in the classes going on. Um, There's a nice structure, there's a nice routine um, so that they're getting readied for classroom situations in preschool or whatever. So they're learning to follow instructions. They're learning um, uh, music concepts like high and low and fast and slow, um, those kinds of concepts. They're getting exposed to all kinds of different instruments. Uh, they're learning to share. They're learning to follow directions. And um, all the while, then there's a, there's a movement part of these early childhood classes too, which is a little gym with equipment specially made for little ones. So the spaces on the ladders are shorter than a typical stuff in other gyms and that. Um, Because a critical part of learning is um, movement. Right. So very typical things that um, children should do, they don't always do. How many times do you see children rolling down a hill? Uh, we used to do it when we were kids, you know, right, right. <laughs> climbing ladders and gyms yeah. and slides. You don't see as much of that anymore. And mm. it's critical to brain development. We yeah. had Marquettos in therapy and she had to learn how to crawl all over again because she wasn't doing it correctly. And it affects readiness for reading. So rather than being remedial and coming back and getting it later, we're trying to be proactive in getting it on the front end. Then as the students get into um, lessons, then you're getting into the discipline. Right. Here's specific things that you need to do and you need to follow through at home and follow the instructions. Um, Rhythm is a huge component of brain development. 
So there's lots of rhythm. And we're always, always, always looking for fun ways to teach the kids so that they're engaged and they want to uh, keep coming to class. So those are some of the, the benefits. That's awesome. And, and you know, I've read the benefits of I, one of the lines I heard, I think I'll probably get it wrong, was if you learn another language, it's like getting a second soul. So I would, I think music is just like that. Once you learn music, it's a whole nother part of your soul that you're opening up. And a huge emotional piece right. you know, with self-confidence right. and a place to, to go when you need to um, decompress, that kind yeah. of so what has been what has been effective? I mean, you, you've been around now for 25 years. How have you gotten the word out and what has what has been effective in, you know, attracting young people to your organization? So we, we do some marketing, but that's relatively new. Mm hmm. Um, we do a lot of networking and collaborating with other groups, uh, organizations that also deal with some of these special needs populations. And one um, part of it that I didn't speak to was an outreach program that we do that's in the residential treatment centers. Mm. Wow. So we do five of those every week. Oh, wow. That's circumstances where you have really troubled kids yeah. trauma-based and they may be offenders themselves and a lot of the world has given up on those kiddos but mm. we're in there every week and making a difference so and as far as getting the word out it's networking with organizations like that and then word of mouth is huge you know right. we get phone calls and emails daily of, of new opportunities one of my biggest challenges is finding a club to <laughs> go out there and do the outreach. <laughs> you know, the, the path to somebody who's passionate about music and knows the benefits of, of being involved with music to building a nonprofit, I would say is probably not as straight line. So no. what, kind of, what kind of puts you on this path to the point where you see a need? And this is the story of every great nonprofit, by the way. You see a need and yeah. you decide, you know what, we're going to figure this out. Is that kind of what you guys did? Yeah. When we first started out, you know, as a for-profit group, and it didn't take very long to go, there's no way that people can pay us enough to do this. You know, we're not making any money at this and we're not meeting enough people's needs. So that's why we decided to go nonprofit. And um, a significant part of our income is through grants and donations because yeah. people are willing to jump on board and support. They don't have to actually go into the field. They can just right. the dollars and we'll go. <laughs> right. So what, what have been the biggest challenges? If somebody were starting a nonprofit like yours today, what would you tell them are the biggest challenges they need to be ready for? You have to be super adaptable because what you think is going to work is not necessarily. So we're always pivoting to try something new and different. And if that doesn't work, then we have to do something else. But I think one of the biggest challenges for us has been staffing. We have a very dedicated staff and they're, they're, they tend to be have great longevity with us, but hiring additional ones with that kind of passion and skills. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. Um, so, let's say, so on that with the staffing, if you could 
dig a little deeper into the the programming. I mean, I know you do everything from little kids all the way up to performance-based recitals. So it's a pretty broad spectrum, right? It is. And a lot of the staff members wear multiple hats. You know, for instance, I, I'm the executive director, but I'm still teaching in the classroom. Uh, I'm still, I still have 20-some students that I wow. teach in groups. Um, a lot of the instructors will teach two different instruments. Like uh, one of them uh, teaches piano and violin and is and my administrative assistant. Wow. So wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, but having the temperament to um, because it's a it's a very demanding thing, especially yeah. dealing with neurodivergent populations. Um, you've got to pivot constantly. You can't just walk in cold. You've got to plan and prep for these things and then adapt. Um, so for, for us, that's been um, a challenge to keep it going. And then, you, you know, the other, the other classic old line is if you can go out of business, you're a business. So you still have to, still have to. do things like raise money with grants and write grant applications and meet with donors and all of that. True, and right? report, report about and what report. you did. Oh my gosh, it's reporting. did you reach? And right. Yeah, right. that kind of thing. And then show the data, you know, to, to, to prove that you, know, yeah. you did what you said you did. So it's it's a real grind. So what what keeps you energized and keeps you driving the organization forward? The individual students who we, we see and hear where we we see that we're making a difference. You know, we hear the stories from the students themselves or from the parents who say, um, my child was lost until they came here. Wow. And now we're seeing this or we're seeing that. Um, a student who would sit in the corner for weeks and weeks and weeks and was nonverbal and gradually worked his way towards the group and said his first words ever in our class. Oh my gosh. Those are the things, and we just have story after story after story, and we share them frequently with each other as staff members, as well as with our community. This is what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it. Wow, that is awesome. So I have to ask, who gets credit for the name? I love the name. <laughs> that name came from um, some dear friends of ours. They were actually, it was a couple who decided to start this organization as a for-profit business. They were investing in it. And um, he has passed, but she is still um, around. She's not involved in the organization, but still a dear friend of ours. Um, and she gets full credit for the name. And we have talked about rebranding because we're so much more than children. Yeah, it's and true. Yet, a huge piece of us is children and will always be children. Because that's right. right. So what what is a a big audacious goal that you have for the organization moving forward? I want to retire. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and it's been on and, keep, and make sure it keeps going, right? Exactly. I don't want to quit. Right. Because I love what I'm doing, but I don't want to keel over tomorrow and then have the people around say, well, now what? Yeah, right. So it's it's hugely on our mind and hearts. To, and it was supposed to happen by the time our 25th rolled around in August. It's not going to. And that's OK. God's timing okay. is always way better than mine. 
but we're working on it hard to fill all the things that I do so that even if I'm still at the helm, I'm not doing everything. So shifting it. Well, that is that is great advice for any leader listening. You know, succession planning is a big thing that's always important. Being nimble is a big thing. Um, And then, you know, having that burning passion to keep things going is great. But I I can't end without talking about your fostering just a little bit, because I can't imagine when you guys decided to, to get licensed, you would end up with 35 fostering 35 kids with, and end up with nine grandchildren. So that has to be a, a fantastic journey. It's It was incredible. It still is. It's still I'm ongoing. Sure. Right. When we, when we got married, we said we wanted two biological and two adopted. The biological never happened, ever. We kept thinking, well, maybe it would. Yeah. So we got um, an adopted child, uh, an abandoned adopted child. And then we got on the list. Again, we're dealing with the county. And um, waited four years more. And we saw another abandoned baby on TV. We're already approved. We called the county and, and said, these two need to be support for each other because we have no information on parents. They're, they have the same story. And so they said, well, he's not going to be freed for another six months. And I said, he needs to go somewhere, even if it's risky, now. So we were their first infant fast adopt. Oh, wow. And then they said, that's all you can have. You can have, that's two, that's all you can have. And then we thought foster parents did for us what we couldn't in those first few weeks. Um, so we, we should give back and do that. And so we, we signed up with an adoption agency and we were the interim between the time the birth mom gave the baby up and the, by the time the baby was legally free to be adopted. And we did, I think, 20 some with that adoption. 20. Wow. So those were just newborns. So at one point we had twins. And my husband wow. had pneumonia and I had twins. <laughs> <laughs> and the 12 year old was helping me with the twins. Oh my gosh. And then um, we got a special needs child and um, with that agency and the agency was not able to help us with all her needs and so we switched to the county who could help us with her needs and we continued and those were longer stays you know a year or two and then after we've had them for a while if they became free we we couldn't separate it's too hard on them too hard on us and so we we kept them And interestingly enough, of our grandchild, grandchildren, four of them are adopted. Oh, wow. So the journey has continued. My son has no biological children and three um, adopted children. That is terrific. Now, is all this kind of concurrent to when you're also trying to grow this organization from an idea? Yes. Wow. So full days. Because we're seeing the kids, you know, I'm running the classes and my kids are running around in it. And we're running from teaching music to therapy for the kids. And we're seeing it firsthand. And we're going, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that, that's all, all wonderfully inspiring. And, and we'll start to wrap up here and re- respect your time. Always like to ask, what's something that you will read, listen to, or watch today? And would love to hear that from a music person. Um, I have music on in my car 
all the time. And if no one's around me in the office, I have music playing. And I tend to listen to praise music because I'm only here and in this place and able to do what I'm able to do by God's hand, guiding and directing everything I do. So I, I absorb music every time I can and positive music that's influencing to me. Um, reading, I don't do much reading other than what I have to do for my hey. job because I'm slammed, yeah. but I do, I, I, I have a lot of things on my calendar having to do with education and learning. What can we do better? What can we improve on? How to, how to do this better? So I'm always reading about how to do things different or better. Another great leadership lesson. If somebody as busy as you can figure out ways to learn and get better, I think we all can. So is there somebody that you would point to that's kind of been a role model for you in the work you're doing? I had a mentor um, early on in our nonprofit beginnings. Um, she was the director of a brass group in town. And um, she was mentoring people, and she mentored me for a couple of years. And we had no grants, nothing. And she said, you need to apply for a grant. And I said, we can't. We're in the red. (laughs) She said, no, you just explain why you're in the red and how you're going to get out of the red. And so we did. And um, here in Colorado, there is a grant called the SCFD grant. Uh And... um, that was the first grant she helped me write. Awesome. And we have been getting it oh, 10, 15 years. Oh, and they are our biggest supporter and over $100,000 last year from them. That's awesome. And then the grant program has just increased. So she was, she was huge. That's terrific. Other than a child song, is there an organization out there that you really admire the work that they do or would like to give a shout out to? Um, there's another music group is called the the Children's Chorale. Of course. And um, we have had five of our children in that, and our last child is 13, so we're still doing children. Ah, and he, he's in the Colorado Children's Chorale right now. He's nice. up in the tour choir. Wow. And they're going on tour. They're going to sing at Carnegie Hall in April. Ooh, wow. So they do... They that do a no fantastic joke. job of, of working through working with kids of all kinds of needs and talents and really a fine disciplined organization that reaches the community in a real positive way. So I, I really based appreciate. to love it. So yeah. lastly, and probably most importantly, my last question is if somebody wants to support a child song or learn more about you, what's the best thing they can do? Um, they can go to our website. Um, there's a donation button right there. Um, they, if they're interested in volunteering or even working for us as an employee, uh, you can contact me. Um, um, and my email is Sandy with a Y at a childssong.org. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes. Sandy, this has been a joy. I hope that you can keep it up and, um, Godspeed to keep continue your great work. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Sandy for opening up the magical world of music to people in her community. This podcast was brought to you by JC Charity Services. Running a nonprofit is hard and I'd love to help you thrive. 
You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about a child song and to support their efforts, visit achildsong.org. Check the show notes for links, and if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. We'll be right back.